0: Hello, hello. I hope you are well. Jessica Donovan here. It is great to have you back uh, listening to the Natural Super Kids podcast. So we are going to continue our conversation on getting your kids, encouraging your kids to eat A variety of foods and overcoming some of those fussy and picky eating tendencies that are so common in kids. So, we've been talking about this in the last couple of episodes. So, if you've missed those, you can go back and have a listen. In the first episode, we, or the first fussy eating episode, we uh, covered the division of responsibility, uh, which really helps to take the pressure off us as parents feeling responsible for all of our kids food choices. Uh, so if this sounds intriguing, you can go and have a listen to that one a couple of episodes back. And then last week, we covered added, ad- adding nutrition into your kids' food as one of my favorite fussy eating strategies. And again, you can go and have a listen to that one if you missed it um, from last week as well. Today, I want to focus on exposure and that is exposing our kids to a variety of foods and how repeated exposure can help kids feel more comfortable with food and that eventually will lead them to be more likely to taste, eat and enjoy that food as well. So what we know is from from a variety of different sources of research is that repeated exposure works over time for fussy eaters to make them feel more comfortable with food. Now, feeling uncomfortable around food might seem a little strange, but it's pretty common with kids. There's a lot going on when it comes to eating, and particularly if there's a history of picky, fussy eating, pressuring our kids to eat, which is often really well intended um, because we want to get that good food into our kids. But this can lead to a lot of stress um, and you know, a lot of control issues and all kinds of things. And so we want to try and eliminate that stress and that control um when we are feeding our kids. And exposing our kids repeatedly to foods, even when they say they don't like them, is really important. And as I said, over time will lead them to be more likely to taste, eat and enjoy that food. Now, we can do this in lots of different ways. So that's really what I want to dive into today. The first really important point is that as parents, um, we need to be good role models for our kids. It doesn't mean we have to like everything, um, but when we can start implementing regular family meal times, when our kids see us eating and enjoying a variety of foods, that really is the first step in terms of exposing kids to a variety of foods. Exposure doesn't have to mean on their plate or in their mouth. It just means that they, they have been exposed to this food somehow, and that could mean them seeing us eat it. It could mean them seeing the food in the middle of the table with those sort of family style meals that I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, so letting our kids see us eating variety, serving food in the middle of the table um, can really help uh, with this exposure. The next thing we want to be doing is is adding it to their plate regularly. Now, this is important even if our kids have said they don't want to eat this or they don't like this. For example, let's use mushrooms as an example. This was This was a good example for both of my kids, actually. They don't like mushrooms. We don't like mushrooms that didn't mean that I stopped putting mushrooms on their plate or within things like bolognese sauces. I continued to put them in. I might've chopped them a bit smaller (laughs) so they were less noticeable um, when I was mixing them in with things, but I would always continue to be putting a little bit on their plate as well, even if it was just one slice of mushroom. And, you know, I, I would know that they probably wouldn't eat it, but just having it on their plate counts as exposure. So it's really Important that you don't stop serving things on your child's plate or within the middle of the table just because they don't like it. And this is where those divided um, compartment plates can come in handy so that this, you know, the foods that they don't like can still be on their plate, but they're not mixing in with the other foods, which does, you know, send a lot of kids into hysterics. Yeah, well, with some kids it, it can. So, uh, we, you know, those divided compartment plates can, can come in handy. And another thing I'd like to encourage or recommend or give you an idea on is having a separate learn to like plate. Now, this is great for those kids that go a bit crazy or have meltdowns or tantrums or are really unhappy when there is a food that they don't like on their plate. Um, and so we can have a small learning to like plate next to their main plate that we can put these foods on. So I would only really implement this if kids are unhappy with the food being on their main plate, but it can be a really good strategy because again, there's, there's still that exposure. They can see the food. They can smell the food. They might touch the food, and we're going to go into food play in a moment. Um, you know, you might encourage them to lick the food or kiss the food. Um, these are all kinds of things that that feeding therapists will will use, or strategies that feeding therapists will use to get a child comfortable with foods that they have said they don't like in the past. Um, So food play can be really helpful. And I know, you know, this might go against what you were taught as a child, you know, don't play with food, don't touch your food. It's impolite, it's not good manners. Um, But food play can be a really good way to get kids comfortable and expose kids, particularly those that have quite a lot of dislikes um, to get comfortable with food. So one of the best ways to implement this is not at dinner time or at meal time, but having some, some time away from meal times where you can set up some play activities with food. This is great because then there's no pressure to eat. It's not all muddled in with, okay, well, you can touch and play that, but then let's eat this at the same time. Um, or maybe you could try it as well. So for those kids that are quite fussy or picky, having food play activities regularly can really help them become more confident and comfortable with particular foods. Um, there are a whole heap of different ideas on food play that you can find online. I'm not going to go into detail here, and this is not sort of an area of specialty for me, but I know, you know, lots of occupational therapists and other feeding therapists will will recommend food play. Um so it could be, you know, stamping with some some hard root vegetables. I remember doing that as as a child. There's all sorts of different things that you can do. And as I said, Pinterest is a really good Um, source of inspiration and and Google is as well. So that could be a really good option um, for some creative play, uh, but implementing some or using some food products, particularly foods that your child might not like um, within that play. And then another great thing to do is to get kids involved in the food journey somehow these days kids are really disconnected from where their food comes from um, and I know Jamie Oliver has done uh, I've seen I've seen on one of his shows before or maybe it was a documentary you know asking kids about where particular food comes from and it was pretty shocking how disconnected kids were from you know where where their food came from. They a lot of them were sort of like, well it, it comes from the shop. Um, so getting kids involved in the food journey really builds that connection with food and where it comes from. Um, and it's another form of, of exposure. Now we do need to to realize that these kinds of strategies when it comes to fussy eating are more long-term strategies. It's rare it does happen but it's rare for kids to not like particular foods and then help cook that particular food and then be comfortable with eating it straight away you've got to look at it as a as a bit of a journey as a long-term approach so I just want to kind of make that really clear because uh, you know I can get feedback from parents saying well my child helped with dinner tonight but they still didn't eat it so that doesn't work um, it really isn't a short-term approach it is more of a long-term approach and it's you, we've got to think about it as as our kids sort of building this relationship with food and building this confidence with food because food can can be overwhelming and there can be a lot of negative experiences that our kids have had with food. So, we need to kind of build that trust up again. So, we can get our kids involved in the food journey in so many different ways. And obviously, we need to think about their age and their development stage, but we can get kids involved in the growing of food. This is a great Idea because it gets our kids outside, it gets their hands in the dirt. You know, that really is a great way for kids to build this connection with where their food comes from. We can also get our kids involved in shopping. Um, In cooking, in preparing, in baking, and I want to give you some really concrete examples of how you might do this with with certain age groups of kids. But getting your kids involved, not just in the kitchen, but in the food journey overall, is so good for their well being. You can kids can learn so many different lessons from helping out in the kitchen. You think about, you know, if they're reading a recipe. They're, they're learning, you know, they're practicing their reading. They're practicing their maths by measuring things out. Um, there, there's science within cooking. You know, what happens when we mix this with this? And why does this turn to this kind of consistency when we mix these two things together? Um, There are just countless lessons that kids can gain from being in the kitchen. Not to mention those life lessons. We want our kids to be able to cook. We want our kids to be confident in the kitchen um, as they grow up. And so getting our kids involved in the kitchen is not just a fussy, picky eating strategy, which it works really well for over the long term, like I said. But it's also giving our kids, you know, that really valuable life lesson of learning to cook and be confident in the kitchen, um, and all of those those learning experiences that I mentioned, and so many more. So, let's go through some examples um, now. One thing I will stress is that if you need to get dinner on the table within 20 minutes, it's probably not a good time to get your kids involved in the kitchen for the first time or even any time because it can be quite stressful. We really want to put some some time aside and realize that it will take longer to cook if our kids are in the kitchen. It's not like they're going to help and lighten the load, let's be honest. <laughs> it, it means that the whole process is going to take longer, but it is so well worth it. And it's a great time for connection for you and your kids as well. So this is especially true the younger kids are. So as toddlers our ki- our toddlers are or toddlers in general are really keen to help in the kitchen um, but we do need to make sure that we've got plenty of time put aside because it can be quite messy um, but you can get toddlers involved in kneading you know they love to get their hands dirty so get your get your toddlers involved in in kneading some some dough or mixing um, mixing things anything w- or, you know when you're baking or when you your cooking, they can stir things. Uh, they can have a go at cracking eggs. That's a you know generally a really popular kind of activity in the kitchen is cracking eggs and um, and mixing the eggs up. Uh, toddlers can get involved in picking produce from the garden. They can help pick out um, some fruits and vegetables in the shops as well. So we want to keep it really simple and we want to make it fun with toddlers, um, and we want to give them a specific chore to do or a task to do. Um, So give them that little bit of uh, responsibility, but obviously be, be realistic with your expectations. But the younger we can get kids in the kitchen, the better. Now moving on to to younger children, so they're past that toddler stage, but um, you know they're still young. We can get them to be chopping soft fruits and vegetables. That's a great little task for them to do in the kitchen, and you can get the kiddie safe knives as well. Um, I never really used those with my kids. They weren't as readily available when my kids were little, or I didn't know about them as much. I would just give them a not too sharp knife um, and just a little a little. Uh, Uh, Tip on this, if you're a Natural Super Kids Club member, we have put together some training um, within the club. Uh, Well, Our whole food chef, Susan, has, has put together some training, I should say. There's a specific kids in the kitchen video that you and your kids can work through together. Older kids will definitely be able to do that. On their own, as long as they've got all the ingredients ready, Um, and we've also got a uh, another kitchen training in the club that has some really great information on cutting skills. Uh, That is in the kids in the kitchen video as well. But that was some brilliant information that Susan shared, just in terms of safe safety when when chopping. So that's a great that they're great things to sort of make your kids aware of. Young children love cracking eggs, um, baking, mixing, stirring. They can help plant things in the garden, whether it's seeds or seedlings. And when we're getting kids involved in the garden and growing some food, it's great to choose those things that are fairly quick growing. so the the leafy greens and the herbs so that they get that um, you know that really fast kind of benefit. Um, and seedlings obviously grow quicker than seed so just keep that in mind but young you know you can get young children involved in planting and picking um in the garden and also you know being responsible maybe for picking some produce at the market or at the fruit and vegetable store maybe you can ask them to look around and Uh, pick a vegetable or a fruit that they might like to try and they could pick it and you could go home and look up a recipe um, and make that together. So, that's a really great way to empower kids, particularly kids that aren't so keen on fruits or aren't so keen on vegetables. Um, Okay, well, which one would you maybe like to try Um, and get them involved in the shopping in that way? And then as kids are getting older, obviously, we can give them a lot more responsibility depending on their age. And you know how keen they are. We might give them, um, or we might put them in charge of a meal. That could be you know a breakfast or a lunch, um, or it could even be a dinner. They could be in charge of a meal once a week or once a month, whatever you know you think that they're capable of. But um, you know, let them let them take some responsibility and pick a recipe and. Um, go shopping with you and make sure they've got all the ingredients and then come home and, and cook and, you know, they'll probably need your help. Um, but start with really simple recipes as well. Um, let them do their own research online, like choosing recipes that they like the look of, even if they don't kind of, um, you know, meet your expectations of, of being healthy or um you know what whatever that might be, it's still great to to let them take some charge uh, and and get that confidence up in the kitchen is really what it's all about. Most kids really love baking um, and it's great. maybe they can have a baking project, maybe they can, um, you know, bake something for, for their school lunch boxes for the week. Uh, but it is also really important to get them involved in in savoury and meal cooking. So um, not just getting them involved in the, the cupcakes and the muffins and the biscuits and that sort of thing uh, that most kids are really keen to get involved with, but also getting getting them involved in those savoury meals so that they develop those skills, particularly for those older kids but in my opinion there are way too many kids that don't know how to cook don't know where their food comes from and getting kids involved in the food journey is one of the best ways that we can that that we can address this at home so i've given you lots of ideas Just to summarise, you know, it really is about getting kids comfortable with food and rebuilding that relationship with food, particularly if it's been broken with all those kind of negative experiences that are around food. So, this is a long-term approach. We want to make sure that we're good role models and that we're, you know, that kids are seeing us eating a variety of foods um, and, you know, all of those different experiences Exposure strategies or ideas that I talked about. I would love to hear from you and and um, come on over to Instagram at Natural Super Kids and let me know what you are going to implement from today's podcast episode. How are you going to get your kids? involved in the kitchen or how are you going to help with that ongoing exposure to a range of healthy foods so that your kids become more comfortable with food, with healthy food particularly, um, and will be more likely to taste, eat and enjoy that food in the future. I'll see you next week. thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week.